Welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an upload. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Enjoy this week's show and don't forget to share it with all your friends. Hey, I'm Russell Leeds. Hey, I'm Ricky Mandel. And welcome to the Property Investors Podcast. On this week's show, imagine, Rick, you were starting again. You only had £1,000 to your name. What would you do and why? Hmm. I would, well, I was in, actually in this kind of situation, but I had less than a thousand. What I did was I, well, the first thing I did was I came to a crash course. And oh, so you're a pound down? I'm a pound down. You got 999 pounds? Yeah. Okay, left. So, okay, bad, bad start. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I, I went into, um, I started with rent to rent. So you went to the rent to rent crash course for a pound? Yes. Right. Learn about how rent to rents work, um, you know, how you can make money from rent to rents and kind of a, an overview and a taster of what I could do with it. Do you, do you, looking back, because obviously when you first started, you didn't particularly know what you were doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I didn't particularly know. I'd say I didn't know what I was doing. You didn't know what you were doing. So no. you were getting started, you were figuring it out. Looking back, would you still suggest rent to rents was the, if you've got a grand, Rent to rent was the best way forward for someone starting again. I know that is what you did, but yeah, I mean, well, it's hard for me to answer that, isn't it? Because it worked for me at that time. Yeah, but it's not because now you've got hindsight, and you've got the power of hindsight. We can look back and go, "Is okay, I did that. It worked fine. I'm glad I did it because I learned lots. I've done well from it. But would I do it exactly the same again if you were starting again? I would. Yes, you would. Okay, I would do rent to rents because you don't need a lot of money to do rent to rents to begin with, anyway. So on another episode, we're talking about leverage. So because you, you don't need a lot of money, you could borrow a small, if you need a bit of money to put into a rent to rent, which sometimes you do. But you can't just say, okay, if I had a thousand pounds to start again, I would borrow money. Because it kind of de- point, de- defeats the point of only having a thousand pounds. All right, I wouldn't borrow money, money then, and I would do rent to rents. Right. Because we're rent you're to sold rent. on rent to rents, are you? That's the way you're going to. Well, whatever. That's what I did. I, on, I'm sold on what I did. All right. So I found a deal. Yeah. And it was just it was I actually saved four pound. It was nine hundred ninety five pounds a month for the rent. Okay. And because I'd done some some training, I knew how to negotiate a no deposit because we you know we take deposits from guests and stuff like that. So we got no deposit and it was unfurnished. So what we did was we negotiated no rent up front and we agreed to furnish it. Ah, on four pounds? Well, we leased the furniture. What was your deposit on the furniture? Nothing. No deposit? No deposit. Not even four pounds? No, the four pounds. So you still got four pounds The left. four pounds, I've got, I've got a coffee on the way to view it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's why I would do rent to rent because you don't need a lot of money to get started with rent to rent. And all you need to do, if you know what you're doing, you just need a couple of rent to rent to replace the average income. And it's quick because you're not buying, if I, I, we speak to a lot of people that are like, I say, what's your goals? And they say, well, I want to become financially free and I want to leave work. So I'll go, what's your plan? And they'll say, well, I want to buy a house. Well, how long does it take to complete on a house? And then, well, firstly, actually before that, how long does it take to save a deposit for a house? Then how long does it take to complete on the house? It's probably almost a year as we speak, until you start to see a return if you buy, actually buy a house with a mortgage. So with rent to rent for me, it was quick. You didn't need a lot of money. And <clears throat> because you're not buying it, you're just renting it. It only takes a few days to go through the referencing and get the keys. 
So it was quick. And that's why I like doing it. And that's why I would do the same thing again. Also, let's say I've got a thousand pounds. Let's say worst case, I had to put down a grand towards a deal. I could do that. And because I've done it once with my own money, I then got credibility then. So then I could borrow money. Because so I could say to you, hey Russ, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a rent to rent deal already. It's making this much. Here's the proof. You give me another thousand, you give me a thousand pounds and I'll go and get another deal and we'll split the profits. Yeah. So I could use my own deal as credibility. And at what point do you reckon you'd have a hundred percent ROI, i.e. made your thousand pound back? How long do you think it would take you? If you were starting from scratch, got a thousand pounds, got make your grand back. Well, from when I found a deal or if I was just starting without a deal? Totally starting with no deal, you're going to find it, make your money back. Samuel does his financial freedom challenges, doesn't he? He's got seven days. Yeah, he's a, he's a different breed. Right. Different breed. If, if I didn't do it within a month, I'd be, I'd be like, I'm, you know, disappointed in myself. Didn't have the deal or made your money back? Made the money back. Cause, because that it only takes like a couple of weeks to get your money from Airbnb and Booking.com. Yeah. But you, I could take bookings directly. True. Then, so if, I, if, it was like, if it was like, right, you need to make your money back, then I would just set up my own website, take payments through a merchant account, and then withdraw the payments straight away because there's no refunds anyway with service accommodation, rent, rents, and stuff. Where we do it. So if I didn't get it back within a month, I'd be a bit like, you know, a bit, a bit disappointed. Do you let people cancel then? We do get some cancellations, but we we limit the risk because if you. And this is what we teach. If you don't, if you have a cancellation period, which I suggest everyone does, if you leave the cancellation period too close to when they're going to stay and they cancel, then you're leaving yourself open to having a void period. Then you've got to remarket, you've got to refill it. So we do get cancellations, but that doesn't matter because you can't, within five days of coming to stay, you can't cancel. There's no cancel, free cancellation within five days. Oh, yeah. I think so that's seven. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair enough because then it yeah. gives you a chance to remarket. So if people cancel, it doesn't really have an effect because then we'll get to fill it anyway. But if I didn't get the money back within a month, I'd be a bit... Within a couple of months, I'd be like... Devastated. I'm very disappointed. Three months, I'd be like, something's wrong. So I'm being pranked. I'll be like, Russell's pranking me here. Russell's, Russell's the one. Mad, I'm going to Russ, the yeah, phone, Russell's, you know. Russell's booking my accommodation, but he's doing it as a prank. <laughs> and four months, I'd just be like, right, I'm done. But I'd expect to make it back within a month. I'd say our average student, most of them that come through advanced trainings, within three months, they're making their money back plus more. So it's interesting because my first thought was if I was starting again, I only had a thousand pounds, I would go into deal selling. Really? Yeah, I think deal selling is a brilliant. But you business. don't need money to start deal sourcing. You still need. You need a. You need a website. I'd want to get a website. I'd want to get. You know, there's 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 certain well, things. Yeah, that, if you did it, if you went out there and built your own investors list, you could co-deal source, and then yeah. leverage, leverage of someone else's investors. You could co-deal leverage source. of someone else's brand. Yeah, I mean, I I, I might co-deal source the first few deals. So what would where would it where would the thousand pounds go if you're going to do deal sourcing would you... I probably wouldn't need the whole thousand pounds to be fair but if I you said, but the question was if I had a thousand pounds yeah if you had a thousand what would I do okay uh, so I think I would set up a deal sourcing business why so why deal sourcing I just think deal sourcing is such a brilliant business it's a brilliant well I'd go to the deal sourcing crash course first I'm oh, down so, a pound. Right, yeah you're down a pound um, so I, I think deal sourcing is a brilliant way of it's just a brilliant product because you're selling product that's costing you nothing. 
Yeah. And normally, if you've got a shop or you're selling product, the product there's a cost for the product. But because you're selling basically just information, the only cost is the time that it takes you to go and find that information. Well, the profit margins are very high with doing Massively as well, high. Because Massively you've got high. hardly any overheads or expenses. You don't need a unit. You don't need an office. Yeah. All you need is like a phone, a CRM system, and a website, and then to go and network. So I'll probably spend my money on those, on networking, on setting up my company, getting my company registered on limited uh, company's house, limited company, don't you know that sort of thing. So could you not do both then? Could you not do deal sourcing and registering? You could do. It's an interesting one. I know a lot of people do. I, I, I think the thing is because it's kind of because it's fast pound. It's kind of like having a job. I think I would choose one and focus on that to start with. Yeah. Um, I think I would do both because I think they are different. With deal selling, it's very much about you're going out, find the deal, selling them. The good thing about rent to rent, what I like about rent to rent, is that it almost turns it once you've done the work, it almost turns it into a passive income. Very, you know, it's not totally passive because there is a little bit of work to do, but very limited, uh, very limited work to do. Then you've got the money coming in, especially if you didn't get. Service accommodation is probably my favourite, although I do like hate. Oh, for a spanner well. in the works, yeah. Go on, they throw on him. Do you think you could, let's say, thinking a little bit more long term, you got your thousand pounds minus a pound for the crash course. Do you think you'd be able to move quicker and get a quicker return on investment by selling deals quicker? Well, here's a question. Let's say I me, haven't finished my question. But I understand what your question is already. Though. I'm two steps ahead of you. What is the question? I'm only joking. Go on, tell me questions. <laughs> your question is, your question is, who would make more money faster, deal seller or the renter renter? No. Which question? <laughs> My question was going to be: Do you think you'd move faster and move quicker if you had a rent to rent first and you actually had a deal yourself? Because then it would make it easier to then sell deals to investors, wouldn't it? As in, here's one I made earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That might help you move quicker with deal sourcing. It's a good like case study. Yeah. So if you've done rent to rents first, you've got a rent to rent. It's good if you're selling rent to rents. Turns out you're selling. True. You need to speak to, you know, find out what, your, what the market is. What, what did you want. think my question was going to be? I thought be? your question was going to be, if you were starting uh, again, if we, we were both, let's say we, me and you both started again. Yeah. Both had a grand. Yeah. We did our own little crazy YouTube video. Yeah. Where we were given a grand. You had to go, we had a month to see yeah. who could make the most money. You had to do only rent to rents. I had to only do deal selling. Totally starting from scratch. Who made more money in the month? Well, <laughs> you're trying to make me look like a fool here. You don't need my help like a full man. <laughs> well, it's different, isn't it? Well, that wasn't the question. The question was who made more money at the end of the month. It doesn't matter. Obviously, they're different. Of yeah, but they if are. I answer the question, you've got to allow me a chance and an opportunity to, to, to explain. Go on, explain. I'm not saying yes or no. You don't, you don't have to say Russell or Ricky, but in one word, who made more money? Deal saucer. But. That's two words. What did you want me to say? Russell. You just said it doesn't have to be Russell. You, all right, you would make more money. Okay. From deals. That's, that's all I need to hear. But, that's fine. I'm the better but, man. I get it. Yeah, but you'll be making more money. And as a deal sourcer, listen, deal sourcing, you, it's very lucrative. You can make a lot of money. But deal sourcing is great for going full-time in property. So you think I would make more money and work harder? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yeah. With rent to rent, it's more passive, isn't it? So you, uh, can, you can work really hard. I don't agree. In your first month when you were setting up, I think the rent to rents is almost as hard, if not just as hard. All right, so let's say three months then. You'll, you'll be working really hard and making a lot of money, and I'll be working not as hard, 
feet up a little bit, but I'll still be making very good money. So who wins here? Well, I suppose that's all down to preference. Yeah. Would you rather work hard and make more money? Well, listen, I think it depends what people's goals are. If you're looking, if you've got a thousand pounds, you know, look, I absolutely hate. In fact, this is one of the things that we go through on the crash course. You know, if, you, if you're hating your job right now, you want to get out quick, the goal would not be to get passive income to replace your income. The goal would be to replace your income as quick as possible. So if your goal is to replace your income as quick as possible and get out of work, then deal sourcing would make sense. Yeah. But we speak to people that, you know, we have students of ours that enjoy what they do. They've got a little bit of money aside, not sure what to do with it. They're enjoying their work. So then they do rent to rent because it's slightly more passive. Don't make as much money as quick as what you can do with deal sourcing, but you can still replace a full-time salary very quickly with it. And they do it alongside it. So I think it depends on, you know, the strategy has to align with the goal that, you, that you've that you got. Yeah, and what you're doing. Yeah. So, so, the, so your answer basically is, if you were given a thousand pounds starting again, it depends. Yeah. That's your answer. That, yeah. Nice. It, it does. No, it does. Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. So the, I'm guessing yours depends as well. Would you just do deal sourcing? <laughs> um, no, it does, obviously it does depend. I was joking. But um, yeah, I, I think my preference would be, I think I would do both ultimately. But I think I would start with deal selling. I mean, I, first of all, I need to know how to find good deals. Yeah. I think, I think the key thing is if you're starting again, we talk about this a lot. You've got three things that you can bring to the table when you're in, when you're when you're in property, right? You've got your time, yeah. You've got your knowledge, yeah. And you've got your money, yeah. You need at least two, yeah. So if you're starting again, you only had a grand, you haven't got very much money, yeah. So we're assuming that you've got time with the answer. We're both assuming you've got time to go and find the deals. We're also both assuming you've got knowledge, yeah. But you you need. I think I'd be first thing I'd be thinking if I started again is right. Which two of which two out of the three of ideally you want three, but if you, but you need at least two, which two have you got? Time, you know, people that say they've got no time, got no money, and got no knowledge. I mean, they're a bit screwed. Yeah. If they want to make money, they've got. got. Well, no. the money, money follows value, doesn't it? So the more valuable you become, like look at deal sourcing. Uh, there was a Samuel, you know, I think I believe he's told the story about, you know, he was actually I think well, you're obviously business partners, so you're obviously you know aware of it and know it. You guys represented a massive development deal from. Uh, a student and you paid them a very nice healthy finder's fee and she was a bit confused because she was like you know we're talking a, a, a five figure finder's fee here <laughs> I had to count on my fingers then <laughs> five figure yeah it was a five figure five finder's fee but she was very confused um, I, it's been documented I remember watching the video she was confused man. she was like it's, 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 a, it's a crazy amount for deal sourcing but Samuel said to her, you know, because she only spent about half an hour finding the deal. But he said, you don't get paid for your time, you're getting paid for your value. So money follows value and what you can bring to the table. And as a deal sourcer, because of the knowledge that you bring to the table and the skills and the time, that I think of a lot of a lot of investors pay deal sources because a lot of investors are busy, they have their own businesses, they don't want to because every property that you view is not going to be able to sell. You're not going to sell it. If you view 10 houses, you're not going to sell all 10 of them. You're not going to market all 10 of them. You may, out of 10, I'd say we probably market maybe four, three or four of the properties that we find. So, yeah, it takes time to view the properties. Then you've got the skills of being able to negotiate the price down, do the due diligence, do the market research, and that's what you're getting paid for, the value. Not the time that you spend doing it, it's more the value. 
Yeah. Which is which is contrary to what mo most people that work in a job get paid for their time. Yeah. People are used to being paid for their time. Yeah. X amount per hour, etc. Yeah. And that's just trading your time for money. And then what happens is people that want to, you know, get rich and, and wealthy, they'll work more hours to get overtime and they'll cut their expenses. But what we do is we have more outgoings. Because you're never going to get rich from working more hours and cancelling Netflix or not having your Starbucks. You're not going to get rich that way. In fact, you're going to end up worse because you're working more time, more hours. You're not happy and you're saving a little bit more money, but you've got no time. Mm. So we teach have more outgoings, you know, like an outgoing, a rent to rent. You've got a thousand pounds a month that goes for rent. You've got the bills, you've got the utility, but you're getting booking after booking after booking. It is an asset for you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I agreed with you a lot on one of the other episodes. So you, you're agreeing with me a lot this time. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's good that we're on the same. What page. do you think about lease options though? Because we've got deal sourcing and, and rent to rent's great if you've got a grand. Yeah. Lease options you, you don't really need. No, you don't. I like lease options a lot. For me, I think lease options are like do you know with all the different property strategies, it's like having a toolkit. Yeah. Right. So you've got different strategies that you know that you can use when different opportunities arise. I think if you were just purely going for lease options, which I do with development, but, but if you, it's easier, I think, a little bit with development. If you're going for lease options on houses, it's more time consuming. It's not as quick as rent to rent and deal selling. So I think a lot of people push it back because it takes a bit more time, uh, a bit more hard work. Getting someone to agree to a rent to rent is a lot easier than getting someone to agree to a lease option. However, I think. I've always had it in mind, so when the opportunity arises, you're on, you know what to say, you know what to do, how to, so you're on the lookout. You're yeah. looking for the opportunities, but I probably wouldn't personally spend loads of time trying to get a lease option. I'd more be in the property space, try and get the rent to rent, try and find deals, and be aware of lease options. I don't know what, what you think about that. I, I, I agree with you about a toolbox. I, I believe in going to view properties and thinking in my when I go to view them, I think in my mind, could this be a help? HMO? Could this be a BRR? Yeah. Could this be a lease and, and, and how can I help them? Yeah. You know, I don't go in with, I'm going to view this property with the sole intention of doing this. And if this doesn't work, I'm out. I'm going there or what can we do? How can we help? What can we... A lot you know, of people do that. They'll go and view it. And they're, they're looking for, for example, <coughs> a rent to rent. And if the person's not into rent to rent, they're like, oh, I'm not interested in the property. All they're looking for... HMOs only. Yeah. Oh, that room's too small. No good. But it would have made a great BRR. Yeah. But yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and rent to rent, rent to rent can be very easy to turn into lease options. Because you've already got, you've already done the lease option. And that's what I would part. do. I'd find rent to rent and try and convert. Yeah. Would you? So you would if you've got a thousand pound, you're just starting out. You would set up your own sourcing company and give it a go yourself before you look at co-deal sourcing or anything. I would, but. I know what I'm doing, and I'm quite experienced with running businesses and finding customers and selling, etc. If I was starting again, and I was also, let's say, if I went back in time to when I was 20 and I hadn't got much experience, and I was, you know, just in a job at the time, then I think I'd probably do co-deal sourcing and ease my way into it. Yeah. If I was starting again now, 100% I'd set up my own business. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do co-deal sourcing. Another thing is, with deal sourcing, a lot of people think deal sourcing is you just 
find a deal, sell it for a finance fee. There are different ways you can creatively make money with deal sourcing, like bespoke sourcing. Mm. So we say if, you, if you've only got a thousand pounds, well, you can make a thousand pounds without even having a deal with deal sourcing. Yeah. From value that you bring, which is value that you're gonna bring. Gonna bring. Yeah. Yeah, but you need from an investor. But bespoke sourcing, you know, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know, is where you find an investor's criteria for what they want as a deal, and then they give you a non-refundable deposit for this deal, then you go out and find the deal that matches their criteria, and they pay the remainder of the fee once you've found it. And the reason for that is because they need some some skin in the game. Because what happens if, if you said to me, Ricks, I want you to find me a HMO, da-da-da-da, you give me your criteria, and I say, cool, give me a month and I'll find it, <coughs> go away, I've you 10 houses, traveling up and down trying to find it. Finally got it after a month. I say, Russ, here's the deal you wanted. It's 3,000 pounds. You might then go, don't worry about it now. I've already found it. Sorry, I was meant to let you know, but time gets ahead of me, but thanks. Now I'm stuck, you know, now I've got to quickly try and, so, you know, there has to be some commitment from you. And it's great because the question that we often get asked is what comes first, the deal or the investor? And it's like, when, when you know what you're doing, it's both, isn't it? You've got both. You've yeah. got a list of investors ready. You've got a list of deals yeah. ready. And if, if I wanted, there is one for you. If you wanted to make a thousand pounds quickly, so you said what we'd do with a thousand. If you wanted to make a thousand pounds quickly, what would you do? Would you do deal sourcing? I think so, yeah. But would you go with an approach of bespoke sourcing or would you go with an approach of you're going to find a deal and then sell it? If I had to be really quick, I'd do bespoke. Yeah. I agree. I, was you just... could, you could, I could make the thousand pounds in an hour. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably, I reckon less than that. Well, you've got to like go and speak to your investors. I don't know, is this right now or is it if you're just starting out? Uh, if you're starting out, it would take a bit, a bit, a bit longer. You probably, have to, but you probably could go to a networking event and make a grand if you're good at selling. Yeah. You have to be good at sales. Yeah, of course, that's the number one skill of everything, isn't it? Yeah, I read a book, um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I thought you were going to slag off my book again, but go on, carry on. No, I'd never do that. Such a great book, your book. Thank you. I can't wait to read it. Can't wait to listen to it. Can't wait to, can't wait to listen to it. What is your book? Question. What made you write that book? That's a good question. That's a very good question. What made me write it? I think because um, I felt that I'd learned a lot. Because I, I, I obviously worked for my dad. But then I started setting up my own businesses. It was pretty successful. And I think I learned a lot in the process of what I did. And it was just a sort of a step-by-step, kind of my story, a step-by-step guide of what I'd done and how I found business. Because there's so much information out there. Um, and I thought these are the key things that, that I'd learned, that yeah. I wanted to share yeah. and pass on. It was just sort of like... So also, I also find that when you when you write a book or when you write something, or even like this, when we talk about a, a subject, you have to really know it. And sometimes, like with sales, I talk about my winner sales process in the book. With sales, I had to really think about what I did to sell. I had to write it down and work it all out to know exactly what I was doing. It's the same with, I think it helps you as well. I say the best way to learn, the best way to learn something is to do it, right? Yeah. But if you have to teach it, you, then you, you have to know your subject so, so well. So it helped me with that. So from a personal point of view, I think, Writing a book on a subject is a great way of, like when you're at school, you have to write an essay on a, on a subject. With writing that essay, you learn a lot about it, don't you? I think writing the book's the same. I've never written an essay before. Surely you had to, though, at school, right? I didn't have to. 
They said I had to. <laughs> I never actually did it. Uh, well, I did. I, I did. never did it. Do you think you need the thousand pounds to get started, or do you not need anything? I think you don't need anything. I, I didn't have any when I bought my first property. I didn't have anything. Okay. It totally used leverage. Used a mortgage, got a loan. Had nothing. And I guess this has been proven, hasn't it? Yeah, over and over again. Just watch Winners on a Wednesday. Story after story after story. Do you know what's watch funny about the financial freedom challenges? Is every time somebody does a financial freedom challenge, I find it gets like another level of extreme. Yeah. So like the first one he did, it was just like, right, hidden identity, go out, no no network, nothing, do my thing. Then it was like, right, hidden identity, and he's going to be like, no clothes. <laughs> like every time, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what's going to be next. It's just going to be. But he does it with nothing. Yeah. And I think if you haven't seen the financial freedom challenge, you might have nothing right now. I think it's a great place to start. You know, because the way that sounds, do you, I think Samuel's a different breed. I think you're a genius, and I think he's a different breed. Not because of the property stuff, but just because who? Tickets dropped in their underpants <laughs> with cameras rolling in public. I don't know how he had the nerve. Did he tell you he was doing that? Yeah. What <laughs> did you not tell him? Oh, whoa, whoa. hold on a minute. Think about this. You know, you're pretty well known. No, I was like, do it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you do it? No. No. The only way I would do it is if I had like a six pack. <laughs> like, because he, he, Big, at the time, he's lost a lot of weight. So yeah. His big belly hanging over. <laughs> yeah. Like no, someone would, came up to if him. If I was him, I wouldn't have took my top off at the swimming pool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So to do it in the street, it's on the it's on the documentary. Someone comes up to him and they go, "Samuel, man, I'm a student. Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? He he has got like, I I think I care way too much what people think yeah to do that i think i would as well i don't i don't think i could do it no i, I think it that. takes a lot of courage to do that it, um, it takes more than courage it takes an un, unhinged i would say it so, takes something question yeah final question i want to hit you with go on what would you say to someone because we're talking about having a, what would you do with a thousand pounds what would you say to someone I what say, should be someone's next first, step first thing i would do i think the three things we talked about money knowledge and time. Yeah. I think I need two. Which two should I get first? Yeah. That's the first thing you need to decide. What are the two? If you've got loads of money and loads of knowledge but not much time, that'd be a totally different strategy to someone that's got loads of knowledge and time but no money, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing I'll be thinking about. What have I got or what am I going to get if I don't have all of them? How am I going to get that? That'd be yeah. the first thing. Once I've decided that, if I only had a thousand pounds, obviously you need, <laughs> you've got no money so it needs to be knowledge and time. I think I would be looking at either. I think it depends on your personality as well. If you're a salesman, if you're a salesperson, if you enjoy that, I would go for sales. If you're not, if that's not your personality, then I'd probably go for rent to rents. But I'd choose at least one of those two strategies. I'd just go all out. I'd just think, what actions do I need to take in order to become successful at deal selling or rent to rents? And I'm just going to do the actions. I'm not going to set, you know, if it takes me two months, three months, you said, You'd be disappointed to do four months, but if you were getting started, it might take four months. It yeah. might take six months. Yeah. We've got people on the academy that have been going six months, and they're consistently trying, and then they get their first deal. And your first deal is always the hardest. Yeah. Once you do the first deal, then you can start rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So and I do agree with you. However, I do think one of those three things is, is a must. It's a non-negotiable. I think you have to have the knowledge. That has to be one of them. Even if you're bringing the money and you're not going to do the work, 
you still need to know what your your partner is going to be doing. You need to know yeah. what you're investing yeah. in. Yeah, it's true. So my, my first action... So you need knowledge, and then it's time and money. Yeah, I would say to anyone watching or listening, my first step would be do what I did, and that's out of the £1,000 you've got, spend a pound and come to a crash course. Fair. Fair. I agree. But not very often we just totally agree, is it? I think this it is the first time weird. we've agreed. Maybe we should disagree. You're wrong. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Guys, I've been Russell Ludes. I'm Ricky Mandel. See you next week.